0: Greetings friend. Thanks for joining us. I'm Karen Broadhead, founder and director of Mothers Who Know. All women have mother hearts. You are needed here because your light and desires matter. I want to personally invite you to thoughtfully act for yourself and come check out all of the wonderful in Mothers Who Know. Speaking of wonderful... Welcome and come on into to our Mothers Who Know Boundaries podcast series. We have created several awesome episodes for you by enlisting the help of our trusted friend Ashley Levitt, clinician for the Worth Group here at Life Changing Services and Marriage Repair Instructor. Our hope is to increase your understanding and confidence around boundaries. The thought of setting a healthy boundary is something we can all vocalize, but how do we go about it? What does that really look like right where we live as we try to do our bumpy best in our relationships? Often, it feels kind of big and confusing to me. You may be surprised to discover that boundaries are ultimately just about you and how you prioritize feeling the spirit in your life, which is super cool. And one of the reasons we appreciate how Ashley teaches boundaries, because in Mothers You Know, we do the important work of owning our personal battlefield, discovering where our power lies by fighting the real battle. The real battle is to keep the spirit. When we keep the spirit, we win all the battles. It's neat to notice that we have been talking the language of boundaries here in Mothers You Know, without saying the word boundary, like stay by the tree own your field notice just notice stay in your truth and you are the atmosphere angel darkness fears because you discern the three spheres of power there's my power your power and God's power whenever you step out of your sphere of power you become miserable and one of our favorite boundaries things to say that brings so much clarity and relief There's only one savior and it's not you. You get to be the mother who fights with and for our savior and champion Jesus Christ to support his great work, to bring to pass the success of your family. We can cheerfully do those things that lie in our power, then stand still with assurance to see God's power revealed. Alrighty then. We would love your feedback. Enjoy the series and be sure to listen at the end of each episode so you don't miss how to find out more about our neat Q&A meeting with Ashley Lovett when our Boundaries podcast series concludes. Be sure to note your questions along the way and check out the show notes for some great info. Okay, let's get to it. Welcome! This is our last episode for our series on boundaries on our Mothers Who Know podcast channel. Thanks for listening. We, before this episode, we just recorded this last Tuesday on the 31st of May. We had Ashley come to our Warrior Mothers Who Know meeting that we hold at 11 a.m. every Tuesday. And she talked to us about finding more joy and success in relationships through boundaries. And it was such an amazing meeting the whole time. I just felt so just tingly, like this is so awesome. It was so obvious that not just me, but everybody there was just really wanting to know more about boundaries, wanting to understand better about what this all means. And then because that's kind of the kickoff meeting that that Tuesday is kind of the kickoff whenever Tuesday mornings are the kickoff for my week of meeting with moms throughout and different groups and stuff and so throughout the week I we discussed a little bit about that meeting and so many well three different women commented well you know boundaries have always been so frustrating to me and I've and it kind of sound like this, so frustrating to me, and I really think they're kind of dangerous. And they've caused a lot of problems in relationships from what I can see. And so I came to this thinking that, you know, maybe the people that I know and the experiences that I've had with people talking about setting their boundaries and, and things isn't correct. So I'll go to this and just listen. And... They were so appreciative that it had to do with keeping the spirit. It had to do with how you're going to act and react to things. And anyway, that was an angle they've never considered. And the one gal said, I don't even think you should use the word boundaries anymore. They should just call it the way to successfully manage your thoughts and your emotions. Yeah. And she said, don't even call it boundaries because boundaries has gotten such a weird thing to it now. And so I think that's why a lot of people kind of feel like, I don't really know if I know how to set boundaries because there's a little bit of resistance or, or kind of a strong, you have to be, have a strong feeling about something if you're going to say the word boundaries, do you know what I mean? And so anyway, it was just so neat to just kind of get their takeaways and how much they appreciated hearing your presentation on boundaries, Ashley. So welcome everybody. We're going to turn the time over to Ashley for our week six of this series. Thank you so much.
1: I'm so glad that last week was helpful. I feel like that misunderstanding of what a boundary is and what it means and how we include them in our lives is common everywhere. And I appreciate the opportunity to just come like talk with people, <laughs> make it less scary and less intimidating and less about dividing. So that was fun. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. And thanks for using that word dividing, because I think that's what we all think of boundaries as is what divides me from you, what, you know, something I have to set up that makes it so that you don't, I don't know, injure yeah. me, bother me. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it interesting how when we use boundary, that's kind of where we go, like, I have to separate from me and you. And so what's going to keep me different and safe and separate, which is just a little piece of it. <laughs> there is a piece of boundaries that is identifying what I am in control of and what I am not in control of, what is mine and what is yours. And I just think it's fascinating to watch for how Satan distorts things. And so the distortion of dividing what I'm in charge of and what you're in charge of is, is separating and damaging and dividing versus what it really is which is allowing us to be empowered and find peace and find truth and hold on to that and let other people work with them and their savior i don't have to be in charge of any of it and so really boundaries afford us the opportunity to know our worth and our value and and love that while simultaneously acknowledging and knowing another person's worth and value so it really brings us together when everyone is helpfully using boundaries but Satan really likes that little tweak, that distortion of focusing just on the separating and the dividing. And mm-hmm. yeah,
0: it's so good. You know, we often talked about, we talk about being atmosphere angels in mothers, you know, and the atmosphere, the word sphere. So we use spheres of power, you know, where we have the sphere, our power lies, and then our power to influence. And what's outside of our power is in God's hands, you know, that's God's sphere of influence. And so, yeah, it was just so good to just, cause it is, that's crucial to success, to separate ourselves from places that we think we have so much power and control. And when we try to maintain that, it just can make us really miserable and really hurt relationships.
1: Yes. I love what you just said about that piece. Those spheres of influence and acknowledging and recognizing those is crucial to our success. And then you said, and if we're not doing that, if we're trying to reach outside, it can really make us miserable. And we know that Satan wants us to be miserable like unto himself, right? And so breaking these boundaries in an attempt to be like, oh, kind and Christ-like and like just, just distorted applications of these really good words is such a sneaky tool that he uses to come in and bring some of that misery. Yeah, so awesome. Well, today I just wanted to kind of review where we've been the last five weeks. So I have one slide for each week where we can just review the important concept from that week. And then I wanted to spend time clarifying, answering questions, learning about applying them, really devote the majority of today's time to talking with you and getting your thoughts and what things you guys are needing. So we'll do a quick review and then just chat, just talk and see where we're at. We've learned about boundaries. We've learned about having boundaries in service and what that looks like. Boundaries in actions and reactions, boundaries in communication, and boundaries battling Satan. So we're just going to look at the core topic of each of those. So our first one is the types of boundaries. We've learned about having the different types of boundaries in our life. We have protection boundaries. They're applicable to all of our situations, just The basic guidelines that i live within our safety boundaries which we adjust based on the information provided in each situation and our inclusion boundaries which are the things i do the behaviors that i have that support my value system so i'm including these kind of positive things into my life and then we learned about boundaries and service and i worded it boundaries and service i think because that makes it more applicable but whenever i think about this one I think boundaries in parenting. So I want to throw that a little in there too. That boundaries in service is really also boundaries in parenting. In order to be balanced, I hate that word, but you know, this trying to juggle all the different things, we have to have these boundaries in our service. The first one is to know and acknowledge what it is that we have. And the second one is to know what it is we can actually do what are we capable of? Where are we at? What's actually realistic for us? And we get these from a variety of scriptures, most specifically in Mosiah chapter four, verse 26 and 27, where it says, I would that you should impart every man according to that which he hath, such as feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, and administering to their relief, both spiritually and temporarily, according to their wants. And I think sometimes we just skip over, you should impart. And then now we're piling on, oh, I need to be feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and visiting and administering and taking care of spiritual and temporal. But the key part is according to that, which we have. So if I have an abundance of food, I can feed the hungry. If I have an abundance of spiritual energy, then I can come attend to them spiritually using that energy. If I have abundance of time, then I can give them some time. So we have to know what we have in order to follow that one. And then verse 27 says, and see that all these things are done in wisdom and order, for it is not requisite that a man should run faster than he has strength. We are not expected to do all things for all people, including our children. So that awareness of what kind of strength I have, what is it that's actually realistic for me to do? Those are our boundaries and service. We continue the next week to talk about boundaries and our actions and reactions. And we specifically reviewed the drama triangle with the... Three skills, the skills of having an awareness that there is a problem, the skill of being willing to speak up and say the hard things, and the skill of synthesizing information and taking information and turning it into solutions, and how when we use those skills in a distorted application, we end up persecuting or rescuing or being a victim to the situation versus when we use those skills in an empowered In a healthy application, we are creators and challengers and coaches. And we are looking internally at what our skills are and how we can use them to ensure that we are communicating in healthy ways. Because otherwise, it's just drama, it's just playing a role. And then, kind of a continuation of that one was in our communication, we have the boundary of if I don't have the spirit, I don't talk, I don't think, I don't listen. Because of the reality that Satan is around, that he does exist, that he has minions who are also around, and they also exist. And as uncomfortable as that can be to acknowledge, it isn't until we acknowledge that that entity is in the room, just itching at the opportunity to distort the peace so that our Tetris doesn't work out, that we realize how vital it is to always prioritize the spirit. Annoyingly so. Always, 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 we make sure we have the spirit. Because otherwise, it's just not going to work. Satan wants us to be miserable, so any chance he has to distort what's coming out of our mouth or to distort how we're hearing something someone else says or to distort the thoughts that we're having in our minds, he's going to do it. So if we don't have the spirit, we don't think, we don't talk, we don't listen. And then lastly, we talked about specifically having boundaries with Satan. Now that we'd acknowledged he existed and that he was there, we talked about the chemical spill and how we move farther into our chemical distortions mentally which makes us closer and closer to acting outside of our value system, whatever that specific system might be, and what we can do to help ensure that we are balanced chemically. And we acknowledge that Satan really likes to get us spinning so that one small little thing eventually ends up to where we're acting outside our value system, but that we can battle that by doing our spirit-led steadying tool, which is notice it, name it, test it, and trigger it. We can test whether or not it's going to be coming from the spirit or if we can identify those tactics from the adversary. And then we can trigger the kind of warrior chemistry that we need to make it through that moment. So that's a ton. Look at all of the things that we have done in the last six weeks. So rather than just add on more today, I wanted to give us the opportunity to just kind of process through. So as I read through all of those topics and summaries a little bit of it, what? thoughts or overwhelms or little things getting rushing into your mind? Where are you guys at?
2: I want a clarification on the difference between boundaries and the bill of rights that you very very first class that you have.
1: That's a good question. Boundaries are our, are our definitions of for how we are going to live and what is in my control. And bill of rights is kind of that Anchor that we can hold on to. So we use the spirit, we tap into the spirit to identify when it is and is not okay, what it is and is not okay to expect. For example, is it okay to expect that I can feel the spirit since I'm wanting to prioritize him? Yes, that's perfectly okay. So in my Bill of Rights, I'm putting things like, I have the right to expect connection with the spirit. And then when we get in that spinning and Satan's coming in and he's distorting things, it gives us that thing we can hold on to that piece of truth that we've already identified. So when we pull our Bill of Rights statements from things being led by the Spirit, patriarchal blessings, scriptures, podcasts where you felt spiritually edified, those pieces, when we pull our Bill of Rights, we know that we can hold on to something that the Spirit has already told us. It reminds me of when Christ was being tempted by Satan and Satan come up and said, hey, you have this problem, so you should just go ahead and fix it. Christ, the first thing that he did was turn internally and say, it is written. And he just held on to something that he already knew to be true. And so we can do the same thing with whatever it is that we're battling in that moment, but we can only do it if we've identified and learned what is true. So that bill of rights just kind of helps synthesize those things that can be important truths for us. Just going off of what we were just saying, I'm finding that
3: I'm getting backlash or non acceptance for the boundaries that I'm setting. Some of them I'm like, yeah, that makes total sense. Why you're upset? But some of them I'm like, why? This is good. And then uh, you know, talking about the bill of rights and these true statements about myself, like I haven't, I've done some, but that clarifies to me that maybe that would help. But I, I, I doubt. I'm like, maybe I am picking some really wacko things here. Maybe I shouldn't be doing these things. Maybe they're rights. You know, and that kind of confusion about culture in a way that people view roles as moms or just me as a woman, that this is what you're supposed to look like. So I don't know if you have any more thoughts on
1: that besides what you've just shared, but yeah, i like to know. I'm going to ask some clarification. Thoughts on how to solidify ourselves when there is backlash, because there will be, that's part of it. Or thoughts on solidifying just for myself who I am in my role. More on what people give me backlash. I think the Bill of Rights
3: is something that I definitely, well, that would help this kind of personal thing, but especially with people that
1: you trust or put in that kind of role, and you're like, whoa, I'm not, yeah. So those kinds of things, yeah. Yeah, it's really hard because there will always be backlash to boundaries, especially if it's something that's significantly outside of your normal behaviors, which is why it's vital to anchor it with the spirit. Because however you're expressing your boundaries, it might be getting distorted in their mind. We don't actually know what they're hearing. And however they're responding, there might be some distortions coming out. We don't actually know what they're saying. And so where your strength has to lie is in your power and your connection with your savior. And I, and and your connection with the spirit. There will be times where you have to speak out and stand up for yourself. There will be times where you remain quiet and just acknowledge, Right now they're in the drama triangle and speaking isn't actually helpful. And we see those examples as well in Christ and his behavior. How often did he pause before he answered anything and really kind of solidify his connection with the spirit? Like Before he's about to tell people not to cast stones, he stops, checks on himself a little bit. I don't know intentionally what He was going on in his mind, but I think that pause is significant. And then how many times did he remain silent? And even like Pilate said, you're going to say nothing? You have all of these accusations? So sometimes when there are accusations coming from people who are just not in a safe headspace or a safe behavior in that moment, we don't say anything to them. We go internally and hold on to our truths. And sometimes if they're in a safe place, if they are someone who's anxiously engaged in understanding, then I'll just pause, right? Pause. I I'd love to explain this to you, but I want to make sure the spirit is here because I recognize that my actions and my behaviors could be distorted and perceived as attack or as division. And that is not my intent. So rather than push through where it's causing this, let's pause and connect with the spirit and, and attempt communication nice and slow as I explain it What thoughts now.
3: Interesting that you didn't say that Whatever you're thinking is wrong, or that you're being influenced to do these things that are not good for you. It, it's interesting because, like, everyone's so different, like you said, everyone feels differently. And, but the spirit is such a key part of figuring all that out. Yeah.
1: Love that. Yeah, the spirit is vital. And when you make your decisions with the spirit, when you set up your bill of rights, when you've identified your values, when you really get to know who you are, just as a daughter of heavenly parents then nobody else and their opinions actually matter, right? And that's easier said than done. Application is tricky, which is why having those pieces of truth that you can hold on to and just remind your brain, no, 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 we already figured this out. Think back to that time where I already received this answer. I already know this to be true. Right now, there's some, there's some conflict, which is getting me a little amped. It's energizing me a little bit. And my conflict go-to role is to, white plate freezer fawn or it's the drama triangle. Right now I can see myself wanting to fall into just rescuing them or victim or whatever, but no, I've already identified this is a truth. And so I'm just going to keep living within my value
4: system. Yeah. So I see it as the, I love that question about the bill of rights versus the boundaries. So I see it as the bill of rights is the thing that can help you keep your boundaries. It's almost like those, truths that help you like when you start to wonder if your boundary is right or something because I will do something like this. And when I get pushback, I think, oh, I probably made maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I made the wrong boundary and that doesn't even matter and I'm just weird, you know? And so that's where boundaries has been tricky for me is that I always go back and doubt. Might like maybe I'm too strict. Maybe I'm too this maybe I'm whatever. Right. But I think that bill of rights is what really you can go back to when you're getting that doubt and that pushback and say, no, wait, I deserve to have the spirit or I have the right to fill whatever. So yeah. So I'm excited to do more of my bill of rights, but I did have a thought when you were talking. So there are some people that you could never possibly talk to because I feel like sometimes there are people who do not have the spirit when you're trying to discuss things with them ever, you know, there, I have some relationships that I'm like, so my boundaries, so I'm thinking, gosh, maybe the boundaries, like you just have to keep it solid. And if the, if the spirit's not there, that means you, you don't try to work things out with them ever. And so like, what if you, that just means you may never ever get to be able to do that. Right. (laughs) Like if you can't control them, And you're like, okay, we better wait. Is that, like, what are your thoughts on that? It's such a hard thing. I want to address
1: first that piece about always questioning, well, maybe I'm crazy or maybe that was too much or maybe it was too strict or maybe I was, but what I'm hearing is you tell me this, all three of you that have asked so far is how connected you are to your empathy and your ability to see things from other people's point of view and your ability to acknowledge your own faults and where you can grow and what you can be doing to adjust and to change. And I think that's so beautiful. And as you tap into that piece, remember men come unto God that he can show unto us our weakness. We do not go to other people. That's not their job because they're flawed humans as well. Right? So as you're, as you're contemplating, did I do this wrong? You don't ask another flawed human. <laughs> they don't know. They don't have a clue. They've got their own life they're figuring out, but we go to God and we say, show unto me my weakness. Like, is this Was there something that was wrong here? Was there a piece I should adjust? Was there? And part of my bill of rights is I have the right to be wrong. There are times where I'm going to put in the wrong thing. (laughs) That's just part of being human because I am also a flawed human. And so, but I check that with my savior. I check that with my heavenly parents. I go to them because the people around me are equally flawed. They can't give me accurate perspective. I need to go to the ones who have accurate perspective. So as you're as you're tapping to that empathy and you're acknowledging I'm not perfect, which is a beautiful thing to be able to do while well done being humble and teachable, right? But go to the correct source to get that information and really double check it there. And I use bill of rights and boundaries as two spindles on a <laughs> These are my little things that I could grab. So <clears throat> the liahona has two spindles. And I was in state conference while this I want to say he was super qualified and had all sorts of reasons why he knew this. I feel like he did. I can't actually guarantee that. So I'm just going to say, well, this person was speaking and he was talking about the importance of having two spindles on the (laughs) liahona. My little maidship liahona here. The reason is because one spindle, let's say it's my pencil here, will always point the way to go. So it's here. And then the other spindle is going to point which direction I'm facing. And so I use these two spindles to kind of check because if I only had one spindle telling me where to go. How do I know if I'm off even by a degree? And if I'm off by just that much, where's the end result? So having these two spindles helps me know, yep, the the place that I'm facing and the place that I need to be is in the same direction. I'm headed the right way. I use Bill of Rights and my personal identified value system. These are how I value behaving as those two spindles. And I use that when something's feeling off, when my feelings are popping up and they're on the side of the feelings wheel that are, Hey, there's a need here. That's not being met. When I've got that angry, sad, frustrated, I'm not on my computer, so I can't even pull up the ones, but when it's from that half of the feelings wheel, that's a red flag. That's my friends popping in to know something's not being upheld here. And so I look at my Leah home now. Is it my values? Am I not living according to my values right now? Or is there a boundary that's being stepped on right now? And I look at those and then I adjust using inclusion boundaries so that I'm living according to my values, using safety boundaries so that I'm headed the right direction, whatever's needed. So I use my values and my bill of rights as kind of that guide for what kind of boundary I even need to have. And when is one needed? My feelings will pop in and say something's up. And then I check my bill of rights. I check my values and that guides me in which direction to go. And in the class I'm doing in September, we'll walk step by step through all of that. So if in the next few months you find yourself needing greater detail, come join. I'm just thinking,
0: could you, since you're talking a lot about the Bill of Rights, I think it would be helpful just for everybody to remember what your Bill of Rights sets. Would you mind sharing that with us
1: again? Absolutely. Yeah. Give me just one second. I like to go through and identify like my top five values and then go through and identify all of my sources of truth as I'm creating my value system and my Bill of Rights, and make sure that I'm really connected with the Spirit when I do that. Okay. I actually have the right to live in a home where the Spirit of God can reside. I have the right to express my needs in a healthy way and expect them to be met either by those that love me or by my own actions. I have the right to feel loved and important. I have the right to spend my time with those that uplift me and the right to leave those situations that do not. I have the right to be edified spiritually every day, especially Sunday, regardless of the speakers and the lessons being presented. I have the right to the truth and to expect honesty from those in my home. I have a right to deny access to my home to those who cause the spirit to leave or are unable to be honest. I have the right to act on the promptings of the spirit, regardless of what information I'm being presented. I have the right to be wrong and a right to change my mind I have the right to be the villain in somebody else's story and still know that just because the story is being told, that doesn't make it true. When my rights are not being respected or upheld, I have the right to take quick action to adjust so that they are, even if it is my choices that are the problem. So this one's very specific for me and where I was at when I wrote it. I edit it probably every six months to a year. Just go back and take a look and see if there's any other values that need to be addressed in there and what could be added. Or if there's something that no longer feels important, if it's not something that, like the spiritually uplifted every Sunday one was added when I was in a space where every Sunday I was walking away triggered. Every Sunday I was walking away heartbroken or frustrated and feeling kind of heavy. And so reminding myself, no, 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 it's okay to stop, disconnect from what's happening around me and ensure that I'm being spiritually edified with whatever actions I need to do to make that happen. So it's really an acknowledgement of where you're at right now and what things you are in need of personally, and then writing it with the spirit to figure out what you can do to meet those needs. And then it gives me something solid to hold on to. So the sentence about, I have the right to leave those situations that do not, I can't find leave the situation, that uplift me, that do not uplift me. Sometimes that idea of like getting up and going can be so scary, it's so overwhelming. And there's all of these other forces saying, oh, people will see, or people will wonder, or people will ask questions, or people will. And so in those moments, just give me something solid to hold on to. No, I have the right to leave those situations that are not uplifting, and I'm not feeling uplifted right now. And I could add on there, and I don't need to explain. I have the right to just go, no explanation necessary, right? And just get up and leave. So this bill of rights just gives you those solid pieces of truth or of power that you can hold on to when, when things get a little hairy to figure out sometimes.
0: I just can't help but say, oh, it's so important to identify these things, right? It's just crucial to our to our staying in our truth, keeping our divine identity intact. Because we are such nurturers and be nicers, you know, we just want to be nice and we want everybody to be okay. And, and so we often just don't, we, we often without even thinking that's what we're doing, but it's kind of becomes the way that we're doing it is my needs come last. Yours always come first, right? Because I'm the mom or I'm, I, I, I help everybody to navigate whatever's being navigated in that circumstance. And so even having the thought that I matter right now just as much as anyone else. And I'm grounded to the things that I have a right to feel and to experience. And I'm also grounded to this, you know, the things that I value in the way I behave, in the way that I act, you know. So even if things aren't going well like I'm thinking okay people are stepping on my boundaries about treating me in the right way or about saying then saying things to me that are okay or not okay just understanding okay that is that's definitely happening right now checking ourselves being grounded to what we've identified that we have the right to feel to do to not do to experience just all of that like you can just see how if you did not have that kind of foundation in place to use as an anchor, right? And if you hadn't done that in the spirit with the spirit kind of fortifying all that and saying, yes, that is good. That's a good right for you. you know, that's a good thing for you, right? Then it would be so easy for Satan to do his work of stealing my identity, and all he'd have to do, most of it, is listen to what anybody else around me is trying to tell me I should or shouldn't do, and then make me feel guilty and ashamed, or worried and upset, or contentious and withdrawn, you know, those kinds of things. It just is so amazing to consider. I need an identity statement. I need a bill of rights. I need to know what my, what I value, what, what my values are and where I stand with that. And so I'm just so grateful because I don't think that we as women, unless we've been, you know, in some arena that is totally about in order to be successful here, you need to understand boundaries, right? Then that's not ever come up in that kind of language for us. You know, the best we can get to is like the young women's theme, the Relief Society Declaration. But when we say no, it's so personal and it's such a good weapon of light in the battles that we're facing spiritually.
1: I love that phrase, weapon of light. It's beautiful. And that how it, how you applied it to this idea of an identity statement or a truth that we've already acknowledged with the spirit and the importance of doing it with the spirit, because then. We know it's true that when all of these distortions come in, be they from Satan or be they from well-meaning individuals who just don't quite know Mm -hmm. right? that we have something to hold on to. My, I always called it a mantra, but I like the identity statement piece because it's the same thing, just something quick for me to hold on to. So as I was developing my new bill of rights, I developed a mantra, just like nine words or less of something quick. So mine is I'm a strong, confident, capable woman of God's kingdom. And I hold on to that in those moments where I feel like I'm being attacked and I'm maybe not so strong, or maybe I don't have the confidence. I knew that what my boundary was before, but right now I'm struggling to remember it or I'm struggling to express it or I'm struggling to follow through on it. I think quite often our boundaries are not communicated verbally. They're communicated through actions. That we leave those situations that don't do this. We're not going to engage in a conversation when someone's lost the spirit, be it them or myself, that I'm not going to do that. And we express those boundaries with action. I'm going to walk away and do that. But it takes so much confidence. So for me, having that peace that was grounded for me, no, I'm a strong, confident, capable woman of God's kingdom. And so I'm going to follow through. And I'm even, I'm just going to fake the confidence for a little while if I need to, while I begin to believe that identity statement.
3: Yeah. I. I was thinking as you were sharing that, both of you, how, how much fear I have. Like I've, I've, I've gone through a lot of boundary setting and enacting it. And some of them were huge. And yet it's so scary because like Satan reminds you, hey, this blew up the last time did it. Are you sure you want to do that? Because you have to live with these people, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And how intense you it's like you're halfway during this change of like I'm almost going there but no no you know it's it's like is the water warm I don't know it's it's exciting it's frustrating it's scary all at the same time but yeah it's I wonder if there is is this normal to go through this change like this is this is what it looks like (laughs) this fear like it's okay you can keep going don't give up
1: (laughs) are you asking that question or are you thinking through it
3: I, maybe I'm looking for validation that everybody else is in the same place as me. No, we don't talk about this, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like communicated in, I don't know, maybe even raised in the, in the church. It's, you're supposed to look a certain way and like, no, there's, there's so much more to me than just being a mother. I am a person, a woman, I'm a daughter of God and how we get layers put on us and, and expectations. And we're like, but I'm more, let me be more. So yeah, validation and keep going. <laughs>
1: I'm yes, no, you are more. And that let me be more thing. I think that's where, well, for me, that's where the fear originates is, are they going to let me be? Are they going to support me? Are they going to? And what came to my mind as you were talking was President Nelson's let God prevail rather than letting them see me as growing or, different or changing or shifting or as a whole person I'm going to let God prevail in this battle for me, whether it's by my own behaviors walking away or in this conversation. I'm going to do my best to hold the spirit and let God prevail as I do that or let God prevail as I leave because the spirit has left. And so rather than let me do this to all of my flawed individuals who are most likely in their drama triangle role, it's okay. Let God prevail in my life for me right now.
0: I just want to validate that I think it is really scary. I think it's super scary to, to, you know, to say, I'm changing now, everybody. I'm going to practice being someone different. Even though I've always been the same girl, I don't think I quite knew who I was really at the core to identify those things. So now I'm practicing and that makes me think one of the things sometimes you know, we don't want to share out loud what we're doing when we're practicing or changing because we feel already unstable, kind of that afraid place, right? But it's almost part of the courage of it, right, is to, is to, you know, having our Bill of Rights saying, I, I, I have the right to change who, how I show up. I have that right to change that because I value honoring my truth. Right. And now that I can see that I haven't been doing that, I do have the right to do that. But and I don't necessarily have to explain it to everybody or make an excuse for myself. But because I'm changing around people who have seen me a certain way for years. Right. And they they have that pushback and that questioning and they're like, what's going on right now? Like usually, she'd stay here and start crying, but now she just had this really happy statement to stay and she left. Like that was weird. Do you know what I mean? And so, to be able to say, you know, I don't know, to just tell them, I'm, I'm having the courage to recognize that I want to change some things in me about me, and that's important to me, and ask them for their support. For their patience and for their understanding, and that, you know, it's gonna, I'm gonna look kind of bumpy sometimes, but I'm working on this. And my why behind it too might be really helpful too. Like I'm just thinking the people that I live with, if I don't share my why, like this is why I'm doing this, why it's important to me, then they have a really hard time believing that I'm, I should be doing that. But if I share my why, I'm doing it because, you know, I want, I want to feel more whole. I want to, I want to trust my voice. I want to follow my feelings. Yeah, uh, I want to be able to care for my feelings without faking it all the time. Anyway, it's just I just think, how do you share that productively, Ashley, since you've been at this for a long time. Do you have some examples in your own life or of other women who are like really saying, you know what, I think this has a lot of value, this boundaries things, this bill of right thing, this, you know, identifying, okay, I need to anchor myself to that foundation and then try my best to see how I can adjust so that I am honoring myself and I am seeing myself as just as important as anyone else in this room and that I'm trusting God because I did that with him, right? So, but how have you seen people kind of show up in their life in a new way and push, you know, push past that fear, kind of share it with their loved ones, help everybody to, to know that I would hope that you would learn this too, but I figure before I can even teach you, I gotta learn it myself.
1: Right. I'm really grateful for the current trend of recovery work and mental health because I feel like you could. You could almost just type betrayal, trauma recovery specifically, and any podcast you pull up is going to have those resources. It's going to use this kind of language and it's going to talk about the importance of knowing who you are. And I think it's important because all of these tools, all of these concepts are so largely applicable, but specifically when we're in that space of trying to identify, am I still okay with what's happening here? I was okay with it once. Is it okay that I'm not okay with it anymore? Was I ever okay with it or was I okay with other things and I just didn't see that this was happening? Or was I hoping that something else was happening and because of that hope, I didn't see that this was happening, right? Just beginning to change all of that is it's common. I have this meme that I love called Shifting. It says, as you are shifting, you'll begin to realize you are not the same person you used to be. The things you used to tolerate have now become intolerable. Where you once remained quiet, you are now speaking your truth. Where you once battled and argued, you are now choosing to remain silent. You are beginning to understand the value of your voice. And there are some situations that no longer deserve your time, energy, and focus. And what's behind the scenes with all of that is those internal debates, right? That figuring out what part of this is true for For me me and what part of this do I need to let go of? What pieces of myself am I mourning the loss of? And what pieces of myself am I beginning to grow? And that's messy and that's hard. I've got one more quote, but I forgot to Google it. Early and before I started talking, so give me just a second while I pull it up. This is by Cynthia Ocelli. I believe mean, is how you say her name, and it says, what's the shit "For a seed to achieve its greatest expression, it must come completely undone. The shell cracks, and its insides come out, and everything changes. To someone who doesn't understand growth, it would look like complete destruction. So we're in when we're in these moments of beginning to shift." where it's messy and it's uncomfortable and so painful and it just feels like all of us is cracking, right? All of these different pieces are cracking and some of them are going away and we're sad about that. And some of them are cracking in a way we didn't expect it to crack. And some of it is growing in a way we didn't expect it to grow. It can feel so scary. And like the whole world is changing and really the whole world is staying the same, but we're beginning to shift. We're switching from that seed that's been buried, that's waiting to see its potential to that to that growing into that person that we are, accepting our potential, knowing those things that I can do, those talents that I've been blessed with, and using those in my service, in my parenting, in my relationships, tapping in to those beautiful pieces of myself so that I bloom into this incredible person that I've always wanted to be. But doing that requires a lot of loss. And if we ignore the loss and we just pretend like I I didn't actually want that shell or or this one's totally different. I think we, we can lose the value of the shift. But it's okay to be excited and empowered and feeling some hope for a really scary future. And it's okay to be mourning the losses and the changes and the shifting and that things are different now to mourn that piece while still being excited about the future. Those two things don't counteract each other. In fact, more often than not, I'd say they come with each other. That happiness and sorrow, we call them opposites, but I think of them as opposites of the two sides of the same coin. That we get that growth, we get that peace, we get that happiness along with the sorrow. They come together. They're not opposites that cancel out. They're opposites that come hand in hand. And they become more beautiful when we allow that to be hand in hand. Did that answer your question? It was long winded.
3: Oh, yeah. It reminded me of the movie Inside Out. Yeah, at the end, connecting with that happiness that's true. Yeah.
1: yeah. I didn't understand that movie until I started working on my own healing. And then I went, oh, how beautiful that that's in there and allows it to just be bold.
2: And I think there's a piece too that we get, there's, there's the, the actual attacks that happen. I mean, who do you think you are to do this? And, I mean, we get, I don't know of other people, but I hear that a lot. Who do you think you are? What makes you think you can do that? Why would you even try? I mean, these are just—we know where these are just—we know where these are coming from, and we have to really, you know, be diligent and and using the truth tool that that we learn in Mom Power to disperse disperse those, because that sometimes we don't even have other people telling us that, I and mean, we just, you know, we sit down to write or we sit down to do something or whatever, and we get we get attacked. Yeah,
1: I think we do have other people telling us even when we feel like we're alone in the earth that Satan knows those lies, those things that will prevent us from seeking growth. Can you imagine if I planted a seed and then as it started to bloom, I went, what are you thinking? Why would you grow right now? I can't believe you. I, I miss who you used to be. Why are you different? Like if we, if we said the same things to a seed that we hear internally or even hear from others, the I miss who you used to be. Where's the Ashley? I heard that one all the time from people. But how absurd would it be to say that to a seed? <laughs> We're supposed to be shifting. That's the whole point of this earth. If we came to Earth and did no shifting and then went back to the next life, what was the point of being on Earth? There's no point. We're supposed to be shifting and holding on to that truth of you know what. I am different than where I used to be, and I love it. <laughs> It's scary and it's really hard and navigating the this backlash that I'm getting, I'm not a fan of. But boy, like this is a different cool version of me. And I'm gonna hold on to that.
4: Yeah. I I just love how like when I listen to you talk and teach us these things, I just feel like I want to be like you when I grow up, right? Because it does boundaries, like it just breeds this confidence of being close to the Lord and who you really are and feeling these things and then having the courage to be able to live those things. And so I've been thinking about this a lot since I've done this class, but one of my, one of my themes and, and you kind of addressed it, but I wonder if it's, if you feel like the key to being able to do these boundaries in positive ways, is that pre-work, is that doing your bill of rights and, 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 deciding on these things. And maybe that's the piece I've been missing because I find myself getting stuck or like saying, okay, this is a boundary I'm going to have. And then when I get into the situation, like it's like, it's ignored or people don't do it. And so by the time I know this is what I'm going to do, I'm frustrated. Right. And the spirit's kind of gone to, to like, stand true to that thing. I've had to be like, no, really I'm, this is what I'm doing. And he, like I leave or, and then people will come and try to convince you elsewhere or, you know, just change what you were going to do. And you're like, well, no, but then I see myself getting frustrated. And so I'm like, maybe I just need to do better and make, you know, what, what keys have you found in this practicing of these boundaries? So I can do it in a calm, kind, confident way, instead of I'm so frustrated because you're not listening and this is what I'm doing and I've tried to leave and I, you know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. Ass, but
1: No, it absolutely does. Uh, the pre-work I think is vital and I think it's the most beautiful piece of it for me. It's the thing that I love. When I work primarily with women in work who are going through betrayal trauma and we call it recovery work, right? And I heard this definition of recovery work that has become my favorite. So I live down in Moab, Utah, which is like adventure capital of the world, we've got river rafting, we've got rock climbing and rappelling, and backpacking It's just huge. And our search and rescue department can't have just like a car. They're, our search and rescue department and our ambulance are giant lifted four wheel drive vehicles, so they can go out into the wilderness and get this person, and they'll be. They'll like post on social media. This is what we did today, and how they'll end is we were able to recover so and so and bring them back safely. And when I think of recovering work as really going out and finding that piece of me that's maybe gotten lost or broken or scared or wherever, and bringing that back home safely, that's what our recovery work is. It is recovering me, recovering, figuring out who I am, reclaiming myself and. And finding those those talents that God has given me so I can have confidence in my own role. And I don't mean role like like the way the world uses role right now. I mean role like in 2nd Corinthians, when we talk about the body of Christ. Some's a foot and some's a hand and some's a nose and some's an eyes. And when we figure out those beautiful talents that we have, and then we use those in the way that we can then we, we gain that confidence. And so that first piece has to be figuring it out, which is why the values and the Bill of Rights is so vital. Because once you've figured out who you are, or those pieces that are important to you, or how you want to choose to behave, then the boundary comes significantly easier for you to follow. So for example, with the the example that you just used, um, like I'm expressing it, but how do I get them to listen? And how do I stay calm and kind and confident in what I'm doing? Well, first would be establishing, I'm going to say you're talking about kids that might not be accurate, but you're like establishing this as the rules of our home. And now they're not going to listen because humans have agency. And as children, that's really annoying. But they're not going to listen. They're going to use their agency, how they're going to use it. I'm going to turn to a predetermined consequence because we've already decided when we had the scare and we weren't already worked up, this is the consequence. And for me, My personal consequence boundary is it's never something I have to enact right then, because I'm going to need a minute to cool down. So I'll just say, remember, choosing not to listen to mom, this is the automatic consequence for that. I'll be back. And then I go away (laughs) and I'm going to go. And that's my inclusion boundary is before I go any farther, I'm reconnecting with the spirit. I'm yelling at Heavenly Father for this insolent child that he said to me. (laughs) I'm telling him, I'm not actually sure I'm capable of this. So... You go ahead and, and take it from here. Or <laughs> I'm talking to him all about that. And then I'm asking him, what do I do? How do I approach this? How do I handle this? And then I come back once I can be calm, kind, and confident. If those are the values I've set up, but that's the parenting value system I have for myself. And I've done that because I know how important what I say is. I know how valuable I am. I know how valuable my kids are by extension. And I know my role in that. So now rather than just being like, I'm trying to be a better person because it's January and I want to stop yelling. Now it's, am I I someone who values screaming or am I someone who values staying in control? I value staying in control and I am about to scream. So what's my safety boundary? What do I do? Here's my red flag. The scream is coming. So what am I going to do now? And we set our boundaries up that way after we've learned who we are and the kind of person that we desire to be.
2: It's funny you say that because I actually have an apron. I'm of Italian descent and we got, we're very loud people. We're just loud. And I have an apron that says, I'm not yelling on Italian. Just to remind people, cause I get very passionate and I get very loud. And I don't, I don't feel I'm yelling, but I'm emphasizing, but to some people that didn't grow up with that, I mean, my household was just always very loud, yeah. partly because my father was hard of hearing. And so. He talked louder because he didn't think we could all hear him and stuff. But that's just a good point to remember, though. Yeah, you know what i what our values are.
1: Yeah, what our values are for us, right? So if if my apron says I'm not yelling, I'm just Italian. This is who I am. Then when I behave according to who I am, and nosy neighbor next door comes and is like, "You really shouldn't yell at your children. It's just not okay." you can check that and be like, wait a second, do I have a value of not yelling? No, actually I've accepted that sometimes I sound like this and I'm okay with it, right? I know who I am, so I don't need to listen to her. That's not, I'm going to check that with the spirit, discern if it's a truth. It's not, it's not outside my value system. Okay, I'm fine. And we're each going to have our own. My parenting values are totally different than anybody else's parenting values, totally different than my parents' parenting values, which is where it gets tricky for me, because then they'll come in and now I'm feeling all sorts of, Back in my child role, figuring out how to do that. But when I know those about myself, then I can hold on to it. Check it with the spirit. Am I doing something here? I come to you to show me my weaknesses. Was that a problem? Oh, okay. Then I'm fine. I'm within my value system. I'm upholding my bill of rights. I'm okay. I'm gonna check it with you.
4: I really appreciated that clarification. I think how you just said, you know, with every, even every situation, because I think sometimes that's where my brain gets cloudy. Of Having so much of the, you know, Karen always says the church lady and how we're supposed to do it and what it's supposed to look like. I know it's always supposed to be no yelling and Christ like, and you know, all the, and so I think that was such a great example of it comes from ourselves and like what we value and what we really think is important. And then when you're challenged on that by a person, go to the Lord and say, Is this a problem or do I need to reevaluate this or is it okay? That was. really helpful for me. Good. I'm glad
1: I found those pieces to be helpful for me of just checking with him and acting according to my value system. And then I almost have to like manually shift through the process. Okay. I'm worried or I'm nervous or I'm feeling guilty or I'm like, here's my emotion jumping in, but did I do anything wrong? Well, here's my value system. Let's grab my Leahona thing. And here's my, and no, all of that was actually just fine. So all of this discomfort or fear that I'm feeling is a distortion. I'm going to take it to the Savior and I'm going to take it to the Spirit. And sometimes when we take it to the Spirit, it goes, you could have done that better. Like, you could have. That was probably outside your value system, right? But when we get that message from the Spirit, it breathes confidence in change. We hear the message, I can do that better. Versus when it's Satan and he goes, look what you just did. You will never get better. You are the worst. Nothing will ever change, right? So when we, hear, when we hear messages to shift or to change coming from our adversary, it breeds fear, confusion, shame versus guilt. And when we hear it from the spirit, which we will be admonished from the spirit and told to change and adjust and apologize and all of those things, right? We will hear that from the spirit because we're growing. That's why we're on the earth. And so, but we'll feel capable because the spirit breathes that kind of atmosphere. So, I really
0: think it would be useful to walk through some real life scenarios, right? Like, here's kind of what I'm dealing with. And let's talk about that together and kind of help us guide that conversation, Ashley. And so, I just wonder, did any of you come today with like, here's a question I have about a real life boundary that I'm trying to make sense of knowing this new information, like maybe there's a piece I'm missing. Here's what I've understood so far. Does anybody have something like that they'd like to share?
3: Yeah, I have one. So I have eight children and I, I'm i a stay-at-home mom and I'm finding through my almost full year of mom power and then doing this with you Ashley that I've been searching for my voice and these boundaries are just totally fitting into where I'm I was naturally heading and I, had a, I have an opportunity to go to on a trip this summer and I it was gifted to me I don't even have to pay for it so it's like really this is really nice and so I I told my husband, I'm going to go on this trip and I will find someone to watch the kids. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. And he had a lot of trouble with it. He, he's been dealing with some mental illness. And we did a lot of conversations about why is this hard for you? And I really tried to keep that spirit and not talk and all those things you've been talking about. And it got to the point where I'm like, am I thinking clearly here? Because... This seems kind of like a selfish thing to want to leave for 17 days. And uh, do you know what what I mean? And so, yeah, this is definitely something I'm experiencing. It doesn't just stop with that. There's other things like I'm thinking big. (laughs) I know I have kids and I want to be the mom for them. I'm not taking off. I'm not, I'm providing a really good babysitter for them. My dad is going to come. So, yeah, that's why I brought up those, those questions about like, so yeah, that's something that's going on in my
1: life right now. All right, I'm trying to decide if we want to walk through figuring out the boundary on your own, or if I should be a rescuer and just tell you. So give me a second while I, while I step out of my drama triangle role. And that steps back into the other hand. Okay. What I heard you say is that you're searching to find your voice. It sounds like you're searching to kind of reconnect with who you are. And you're searching to, and you've got eight kids and you're a stay at home mom and I only have two and I'm a working from home mom, so we're different. But I would imagine that the feeling of like bucket draining, bucket draining, bucket draining all the time, never being off, never being able to like pause and just be yourself is equally common, if not more so with you. And so you have this opportunity that fell into your lap. You don't even have to try to pay for it to go reconnect with a piece of yourself. And you're trying to decide whether or not it's selfish to go do that reconnection. Is that all accurate? There's also some fear that it won't be that
3: rejuvenating kind of experience that I'm hoping it will be that I will kind of go back into my shell and not communicate. I'm going with a group of people so that I would just kind of, which I've been working very hard on trying to open up and be communicative with other people. So there's something that too, but yeah what rejuvenates you well see that's funny because the kind of thing that started this is these two sister missionaries while i'm pregnant with my twin saying what do you like to do and i said i made babies you (laughs) You know so i love to read i love i i've started singing just for me learning new songs i joined the choir i like to to take i Since mom power and all this kind of self-help and self-care, I've been working hard on those things. Travel is kind of outside that kind of realm, but it feels
1: like this is, this is cool. Have you had either experiences with the person that you're going with or of traveling in general, or even just kind of a rejuvenation that comes from changing the routine that you've experienced in the past?
3: Yep. Yeah, I'm going with my sister-in-law and her two daughters. So it's kind of like a girls thing and some other people. And then I am, I have gone, like we're going to Britain. So I have gone overseas before once. Didn't handle it very well. Like, I, it's kind of sick, but I don't want that to stop me. But I, I feel like more what I want to see there than to, it's, yeah, It's it's more about being over there. And being away for seventeen days, then who I'm going with? Do you know
1: what I mean? Yeah, that's all your questions. That experience, that adventure, that change of routine, that moment of just being you—not mom you, not wife you, not just you—I'm just going to pause and see what other people in this group are thinking about this decision of whether or not to take this trip and whether or not it's selfish specifically. What do you guys think?
0: Well, I can totally see what you would have the thought this is selfish because it's a lot of days right it's a lot of days you maybe you've never left your kids for that long before and the I guess the situation of your children in general like how they are are there any really special cases there is this you know all that kind of stuff would play into it right but I just think like the side of me that also wishes to just escape and have an adventure is like, go, you totally go. That's not selfish at all. Like you totally need to do that because that's just when you look at your whole life and all the days that you spend and everything that you do 24-7 and how you do it with such a heartfelt grit with trying to include God. I mean, I just think, It just makes so much sense that the responsible thing to do is to not be selfish and not do that, right? But it also also says, you know what? If the spirit and if your connection with God has been kind of celebratory as you've thought about it, like, that is fun, isn't it? That would be good for me, wouldn't it? wow, that might just be lovely to just be me because we do sacrifice so much, but we don't, we rarely do anything for ourselves, especially something big and such a neat opportunity too. So those are just some of my thoughts, but I don't have a judgment either way. I can just see all the angles and empathize and say, wow, yeah, I can see all that.
2: For me, I, I had thought, well, If I had a nursing baby, that would be a real, real problem. If one of one of my babies was still nursing, that would be a problem. Especially if I couldn't couldn't take this this baby with me. But otherwise, I keep thinking about Maurice's counsel that eventually our families need to see us as women, especially the boys. They need to see us as women, not as mothers. It's just you know kind of a separate you know, woman, this, is you know, and, and I think this is a really good opportunity for that. And I think all the other things you're doing too, to, to show, I I use the term delights, the way you're delighting yourself during the day with your singing and, and other things helps. And I have to, my children are all grown. And I, I really have, one of my regrets is that I didn't, you know, have have more of an identity when I was raising them to have them see that, although they know me pretty well. You know, there are certain things that I did, you know, that were unique to me and so on. But I, I think there has, it helps teach them that confidence and capability that Ashley was just talking about. She talks about strong, capable and confident. I mean, that in doing this, that's another way of exhibiting that. Uh, you're, and you're trusting them. You're trusting them to be okay while you're gone. And I'm sure you're going to set up ways to, you know, we have all this technology now where you can connect with them every night, even though it'll just be five hours difference. So you can arrange for, you know, if it's seven o'clock at night, you can arrange for, for two o'clock in the afternoon to to do this so that it'll be before their bedtimes or whatever. And we have Marco Tolos, and we have, I mean, we have all of this stuff that you can tell them how much you love. You look at this and, you know, eventually I'd like to come with you guys or whatever, but you know, so it isn't, there, there isn't a, you're not abandoning them. You know, <laughs> it's not a, a, a full abandonment. You're, I'm sure you're going to stay connected to them, but I'm sure you're going to miss them. But I, I also think there's value in, this being part of who you are and your identity, and and so on, I think it's it's wonderful. I've
1: got a couple more questions for you, and then some thoughts. What fears are presenting themselves as you consider the idea of going on this seventeen day trip? I'm not
3: so concerned about the welfare of my kids. I think they're going to have the best time. It's it's summer, and they can. I'm going to plan all these fun things for them to do. I am I'm concerned about my husband. I think and that kind of what's going to be there when I get back if that makes sense you know it's it's hard to explain I it, yeah it's and part of me is like what if I hate it what if I'm here and I'm like this was a waste of my time I could be you know relaxed at home and not having you know all these things happen with the the time chain I don't know you know what I mean like it's those kinds of like you shouldn't go because, well, then your husband will be better off if I don't go or I'll be there to make sure everybody gets to their appointments or whatever. Or they, you know, don't eat too much junk food or they're not in front of the TV the whole time. I don't know. Like, it's like, I'm, I'm supposed to do all those things. I make it safe for my husband to not crumble because we're a team with eight kids, you
1: know, there's 10 of us. So, okay. Surface level. So if it's not, if it's not hitting anything, that's okay. But as you're talking, you talk a lot about your kids and the care for your kids. You added just this time about that, that care for your husband as well, prioritizing that he's not gonna crumble or at least being aware to to help and support. So as I'm thinking about protection boundaries, the ones that are applicable to all scenarios, it sounds like you personally have a protection boundary of prioritizing the safety of your kids and ensuring that your husband is not in an unsafe situation But because we can't control him, I'm going to tack on due to your responses to him, right? That you personally aren't going to come attack him. So that's some of your protection boundaries. Your safety boundaries are going to be more scenario specific. So one of them, again, is the care for your children. So you have, you personally caring for the children, being a stay-at-home mom, those are some of your safety boundaries. You have, um, like in primary, other people are caring for your children. You have... Moments where you go to the bathroom where maybe they're even by themselves for a little bit, right? Like that yes. scenario differs as to what kind of attention and who is giving care to the children and your husband, although he might still be in a drama triangle role, it sounds as if you also shift behaviors to ensure safety for him. So looking at those things, what you can control are your behaviors and watching for your kids. What you cannot be control are your husband's actions and reactions. That's in his sphere, not yours. You can be aware of them. You can recognize that if you were to go punch him in the face, that would probably make him mad. So maybe I will avoid punching him in the face. But I mean, if there's a bumblebee on his face, sometimes a punch is required. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, like you can avoid it, but sometimes it's going to be something that's, that's a higher priority. And then there are the last ones that we're talking about were your inclusion boundaries. So like you needing to connect with yourself, you're bringing singing back in just for yourself. Although I think you should share your reading and you're connecting with other women, right? Those things. So thinking about this travel for 17 days, starting with the protection of prioritizing the safety of your kids. Is there something in this 17 day travel that is outside of that protection boundary? That they would be unsafe? Is that what you mean? Yeah, that you would be acting outside of this boundary of yours.
3: No, because someone's always there for the full time.
1: Yeah. Like two you've got, people. You've got it already planned, right? Yeah. You already know someone's going to be there all the time, which then goes to the safety boundary of it's going to shift. You have two people. Sometimes it'll be this person. Sometimes it'll be that person. In this section, it's not going to be me. But that's okay because there are times when it's not going to be you. And that's all right. That's part of mm-hmm. our safety. Different scenarios have different things. So the question is whether or not going on this trip Supports your inclusion boundaries. Or if staying home from this trip breaks your inclusion boundaries. And see, that's like
3: that me finding what I deserve, or I have the right to find myself. I have the right to explore things that I like
1: or adventures. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about that fear of it being selfish. And this is what I would see if I was going to say, you might want to check that because it sounds a little selfish. I would see you know what? I'm going on a trip. It's going to cost me an arm and a leg, but I'm going to make it work anyway, even though it's outside of my financial boundaries. And my kids probably won't be taken care of, but the oldest is old enough to babysit. So I've just asked someone to come check in on them sometimes, and I'm going to just disappear, disconnect. I probably won't even prepare any kind of help. I'm just going to, right? Like selfish is fully thinking about self and without regard to any of your other personal boundaries. But the plan that you have presented to me doesn't sound selfish in the slightest. You've already thought about who's watching out for your kids. You've already addressed that it might be a struggle for your husband, but his emotions, his feelings, his reactions are not within your control. You've already talked about this piece that might be important to you. And there's a fear that maybe it won't be as good as you're hoping it would be, but you have the right to be wrong. So even if they're not, that's okay. You have that right. Right? You can go and experiment and get to know yourself a little bit more. And if you go, oh, actually that didn't fill my bucket as much as I was helping to noted, now I'm going to adjust because I have the right to be wrong. And then you continue. And 17 days later, you have this whole new experience and a little bit of strength and a remembrance of who you are and a connection with yourself. that Maybe you didn't have before, even if that connection was, this isn't something I want to include in the future. In the future, I want to make sure I'm including these other options because this wouldn't work. It's okay to get to know yourself in a way that is, this doesn't work.
3: I love that. I love that. It's okay that I make a wrong choice. It's okay if I go and it, as long as no one dies, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's even then, like, I can't control that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I can't protect everybody. i put in those. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's okay. even death
1: is outside of your control. Right? like. <laughs> you staying or going is not going to prevent or cause a death. Yeah. It's out of your control.
3: Yeah. yeah. And being able to express that now to the people that it concerns is like another stir. But I like that you said that's not his his fears. He needs to deal with that. I can't persuade him or change him or present any blueprints or, you know, spreadsheets saying this is how it's all going to work because the spirit is what does that. Yeah,
1: You can. So I single mom of two took a 13 day trip without my children (laughs) because of all of these same fears, except I didn't have the backlash. Well, I did. It was just a different kind of backlash because he's next, but the, I, what I did do was talk to those at concerns. So my mom was going to be watching them half the time. And I said, would you like me to leave like a document of how best to interact and get along with each of my children? Would you like me to leave food that they prepare? Like, have that planned in advance, would you like me? And I went through different options that I was capable of. I had the availability to sit down and talk about, this is the best disciplining style that works for this kid. When she's overwhelmed, try this. Here's the song that we sing, right? I was able to create a document because I had that available. And so I identified those things that I had available that might be helpful. And then that's what I brought to them. Hey, thanks for agreeing to watch my kids during this time. I could do this. Would that be helpful for you? Would that be insulting? My mom said it was helpful and then it ended up being insulting. So that's something to navigate as well. <laughs> you so you just talk and you ask questions and you figure out what I can do and how I'm going to do it. But honoring this, this desire that it sounds like it's pulling you and you're trying to talk yourself out of it and you're like, "What can I do? and then you're trying to talk yourself out of it, honoring that piece of you that's being pulled to this is okay especially when you're doing it within your boundaries of prioritizing the care of your children and making sure that in each scenario, they're being well looked after. And especially when you're prioritizing, taking a minute to connect with myself. That's okay. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. What a great scenario. We are now out of time. So I'm going to pass it over to Karen for how you want to end. Yes. So for
0: sure, we want to have you say a little bit more about your class, Ashley, before we sign off? And really, I just had the thought what an asset it has been to do this with women, right? Having some feedback and some questions and share what happened this week, that kind of thing. So, yeah, you ladies, I just really want to thank everybody who's been available to do this and interested in doing it. I think everybody who has stuck with it and has been interested in doing it is feeling like, oh, wow, this was a lucky find, right? I learned things here that I didn't realize I was going to learn. And so you several handful of women that have been willing to participate in this have really enhanced it. Yeah, so I'm excited to hear about Ashley's class. I hope she holds her class at a time that I'm available. She has another class I really want to go to, but it's not when I'm available. And so I just think, darn, so I can't wait to hear
1: when it is. I might not know yet, Ashley, but yeah. The exact time and day of the week is not decided yet, but the format that I'm currently leaning toward is offering it in person to anyone in Utah to come attend in person. And then recording that and releasing that to anyone who's not able to attend. So we can hopefully catch those gaps of, it doesn't work for me, but we can also get a little bit more personal of a connection and work through things. And in this class, we're just going to be talking about a lot of what we've already done, defining boundaries, what is it? We are going to go step-by-step through worksheets that allow you to identify your values and put names to them and explore why they're there. We're going to then talk about Bill of Rights work and what that looks like and why it's important to have that and go step-by-step step, writing on that, creating all of that. And then we'll do very similar to what we did today of where are you at in your personal journey with boundaries and what's something you need help exploring so that we can dig in on an individual level and look at that. And then the rest of the steps are boundaries are things like identifying your support system, finding where it's going to be the hardest for me to implement what. What barriers am I going to run into and what boundaries can I put in including myself in order to help me navigate those barriers? I'm just taking a solid look about all of those little pieces that come up and then we'll look at individual scenarios and applying it to your life specifically. So that's what it will be. It's going to start in September, day of the week in time to be determined, but I'm hoping to do kind of a hybrid in person and then releasing it to anyone who's interested to just see the recordings and work through their homework on their own with maybe an email in option so you can also get feedback as well. And I just saw in the chat a concern that someone didn't get a chance to comment. I'm going to make some assumptions that that a little bit of a vulnerability hangover is hitting you. And Satan's coming in with little things like, you talk too much. Why did you ask so many questions? What's going on? Not everyone got to participate. So I just want to call that out. That, boy, does he love to come in and tell us we're not doing it right. And sitting here, from my perspective, no one did anything wrong today. No one did anything outside of any kind of typical social boundaries. You guys are great. And I really appreciate your participation. So just push aside those little distortions that Satan's going to hit you with, that vulnerability hangover and that, that fear. And know that your participation in the conversation we had today was really cool. And I'm grateful for it. Thanks for coming. Thank you,
0: Ashley. So thank you so much, ladies, for participating. Thanks, Ashley. Such a gift. Thanks for listening. Did you note any questions? Well, get ready to note several wonderful things Mother's You Know has for you. But first, I want to express a special appreciation to the incredible women who added so much to this series. We love you, ladies, and thank you for your generous service to all of us. First. Tuesday, August 30th at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Come join us with your pockets full of your questions at our 90-minute Q&A with Ashley Lovett in our Warrior Mothers Who Know meeting all about boundaries. You will be happy to know that Ashley Lovett is offering an awesome boundaries class starting in September. See more info about this in the show notes. You might want to get to know Ashley better, Check out our Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast channel where she shares her two part story, episodes 119 and 120. August 23rd, our Stay By the Tree Messages of Hope webinar series starts at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. Ashley will be presenting her message of hope to us on August 30th. Join us Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Mountain Time for our online Mom Power Live meeting. All women have mother hearts. We are currently linking arms in our Open Enrollment Mom Power training series. This online self-paced class is free to all women. It offers a live connection with other moms who are seeking for more peace, purpose, and hope through Christ. Come and connect with us. We need you there. One of the super empowering things offered at Mothers You Know is Team Mom Power. Women are connecting weekly in small collaborative groups, applying mom power principles in attentive, powerful, heartfelt ways. We are stronger together. We are crushing the enemy of our soul when we defy isolation and power up with like-minded Christ-centered women. Your team is waiting for you. And if you missed any of this information, it's all in the show notes. You are amazing and so appreciated for listening. We would love to hear what you're thinking about our Boundaries series. Let us know by emailing others you Know at services.org. See you next time.